Growth family, welcome to another podcast episode of the Small Business Growth Podcast. Today, we are talking to Andrea, who is a small business lawyer. She is the owner of the Legalpreneur subscription, which is a subscription service for you to have a lawyer for your business in your back pocket, as well as she is the new offer of the Legalpreneur book, which is a book for you to learn how to make your business more legal and really make it into layman's terms for you. Layman terms for you. If you are new here, my name is Madison Page and I am a small business growth specialist and host of the Small Business Growth Podcast, where we try to be the most conversational, no fluff podcast out there where we can sit and chat like besties and actually share tactical business advice. We love giving you some real life information to use. I learned so much just from this conversation. In this conversation, we'll talk about the first First three steps to really make sure that your business is legal, where to start with that. Should you be an LLC? Should you be a sole proprietor? Does it matter if you are a small little product-based business to have an LLC to do all of the things, as well as we're going to talk about influencers and how to talk to influencers, contracts with influencers. And if you are an influencer or want to have an influencer agreement with anybody, she really talks a lot about the legal element of that as well. Andrea is so wonderful and so sweet. And this conversation was a great time and we could talk for hours, but here is the short and sweet version of my conversation with Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so pumped about this. Oh, I'm so excited. Give everybody kind of a quick rundown who you are, what you do, what your story is. Go right ahead. Go for it. All right. Well, I've had quite the journey. I started my first business in law school. Not that I wasn't bored enough or anything, but I was poor and I needed to make money. And so you couldn't work in law school. So I started my clothing boutique and that ultimately I realized was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but that opened the door to a huge network of entrepreneurs. And when I graduated from law school, I had the big law firm job. I thought I was set for life. I was like, this is it. Like I've made it. Like life is good. Making the most money I ever made. And I was living in Cincinnati at the time. I was on the 38th floor. I could watch a Cincinnati Reds game from my office. I'm a huge baseball fan. And so I was living the dream, quote unquote. And I, I was miserable. I remember the first week I actually started there it hit me all of a sudden. And I, I I mean, I did the internship, I did everything, but that's of course when they wine and dine you. But the first week I was there, I remember sitting in my office and watching these old white men in three piece suits. And I was like, Oh my God, they've been here since they were my age. Oh my God. I cannot do this for 40 years. (laughs) That's exactly what I said. I was like, I can't do this for the next 40 years of my life. Like I cannot sit in this chair for 40 years. And so immediately I was like trying to plan my exit, but my now ex-husband was staying home with our son at the time, who was eight months old when I started the job and it it was just a mess. And so I was like, I'll stick it out for a couple of years and just like slowly planning my exit. And then in the meantime, I had a ton of those business owners from the first business reaching out to me like, Hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? 
And most of the time they couldn't afford the rates, but I saw this consistent flow and I was like, you know, I think I would have clients. Like, I think I would be able to, you know, make it on my own. And then I finally had a client who came to me and she was like, I don't care how much it is. I need your help. She needed a trademark. And I was like, gold, like, this is going to be my place at the firm. Like, I'm going to be a rainmaker. I'm going to bring in all this business. No, they literally told me to my face. They're like, stop bringing us these small businesses. We don't want them. And yes, that was it for me. I like, I think we always have these defining moments in life Mm -hmm. where we're just like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm just going to be on a whole new path now. And that was it for me. And uh, that was March, 2018, April, 2018. And if you want to talk about like the universe, just like lining everything up for you at this point, April, 2018, my now ex-husband and my husband at the time, we were planning on moving to Houston, which is where I'm from and where we are now. And Monday we put our house for sale when, and I didn't have a job lined up. I was just like, we'll move. We'll figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. Wednesday I'm texting him and I'm like, I can't do this. I like, we have enough money to hold us over. Like I'm, I, I, I'm miserable. I have to quit. And he was like, well, just wait until we have a contract on the house. That way we know it's going to sell. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Like I can do that. <laughs> so I, I'm like, okay, I won't quit today. Friday, my boss and the managing partner walk into my office and I knew immediately what was happening. <laughs> like, There's an energy here. Oh, I knew. And I, I always tell people I manifested getting fired because I'm like five minorities rolled into one female, Hispanic, (laughs) former army, like all these minorities. And so I knew if they fired me, I had to get a severance package. So I also was kind of like holding on as long as I could. And Friday they walked into my office and basically they offered, offered me a severance package and it took everything in me <laughs> to not, not be like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like it took everything. And so they, I like tried to look sad and it was a Friday morning. That's it was like, so funny. luckily it was like 9am. So they were like, you know what, just take the day. Cause they offered me like a severance or like rearranging my position, something. And yeah. they're like, take the day, take the weekend, think about it. I packed up my stuff so quick. I bounced. I was like, <laughs> I want this. Here. Yes. I, and that night I launched my own firm and I've, I had my first client that night, which oh. was absolutely incredible. And not that it's always been like rosy and sunshine, but yeah. it's just like, when you know, you're meant to be doing something else, the universe will literally push you to do it. Yes. And that was five no, four and a half years ago. And just so many twists and turns, so many, such a roller coaster ride, but it's, it's been crazy. And now I've actually transitioned out of the law firm to legalpreneur to really build out this legalpreneur brand because we built our legalpreneur membership, which gives small businesses all access to their own attorney. And that's what we're building out now. But that like, just so many things have happened along the way where it's like, you know, you're living life, right? When the universe just like keeps putting things. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so funny when you start looking back and I always like, feel like my mom, when I say this, but it's like, it's funny how things just work them themselves <laughs> out where you're like in the time, something can seem so like monumentally terrible. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're like scratching your head and you're like, oh, that kind of made sense. Why that yeah. happened? You're like, yep. here we go. This is why it's all going. That is so cool. So what do you do in general for small businesses now? Like what's kind of your day-to-day? What, what are you, what legal advice are you giving to them? So my job is to educate entrepreneurs and yeah. small business owners on the legal side of their business. Mm-hmm. And what we, so now what we do is we provide 
legal services and resources to small businesses through Legalpreneur. We yeah. do not provide actual legal advice. We connect clients with an with a Legalpreneur certified attorney to provide those services. Ooh. And so I tell the attorneys like, hey, it's my job to get you clients and to train you how to serve these clients to build a long-term relationship for mm-hmm. to be a win-win for everybody involved. I got you. So and- like a mediary kind of basically. Yeah. And because a lot of attorneys, they like, they're great at their craft, but they're not great business people. And (laughs) I'm like, look, I want you to be a great attorney. I want to be the marketer. I want to be the one that's connecting with clients and, you know, really educating and teaching them because my philosophy from day one. And I think I learned this from like my first business is you have to provide value to Mm -hmm. your clients. And I knew, I remember learning this from Ramit Sethi and he was always teaching like, give away your best stuff for free and always educate for free. And that way you don't feel bad when you have to charge people. And so that's always been my philosophy. I tell people, look, I will literally teach you everything you need to know about the legal side of your business. And I will even teach you how to do it on your own for free. And then when you want us to help you, because you're like, I don't even want to look at this. (laughs) That's when you come back to us and you're like, okay, just do it for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that's so good. And it's so true. And with your experience, having, having a small business, having a boutique, like a clothing boutique in, in, um, in college, and then like moving into the law, it's such a nice kind of dynamic. Yeah. I like a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are kind of either e-commerce, they have their own store, they have boutiques, or they're like Etsy shop owners, they own things like that. And And I think the legal side, even to me, like sometimes people ask me questions and I'm like, let me like ask one of my friends. I'm like, I don't know, like, oh my gosh. And there's some like, you know, like I said, I took two business law classes in college, check, like I I understand a little bit of things, Mm -hmm. but give us like with that kind of audience, what is like step one for legal? Cause I've said, said like some people are really into getting things copywritten and trademarked. Some people are like, I'm going to just keep it a sole proprietorship because I don't need anything else. They're like, I'm just this little Etsy shop owner. Who cares? What's your like steps one, two, and three? Yeah. So that's perfect because what I normally teach is what I call the core three. And that is the three things that every single business needs. Now, every single business will be different in all of their needs, but every single business has these core three. And that's your business entity, contracts, and intellectual property. Mm. Your entity is how you legally operate, which like you said, some people just want to be a sole proprietor. I personally think that every single business needs to be an LLC as soon as possible, which is a limited liability company. Mm -hmm. And the reason, and so an LLC, it protects you personally from the debts of your company. Now, if you get sued, if you have to file for bankruptcy, anything that happens in your business, you're protected personally and vice versa. Anything that happens personally, your business is protected. So think about if you're, business is killing it and you're driving down the highway, you accidentally cause a car accident, your insurance doesn't cover everything. And then they sue you. Well, what then luckily your business assets and your personal assets are separate. So they actually can't come after the business. So, and there's a lot of things in there that one, you want to be protected, but a lot of people will come back and say, well, I don't have anything to be protected. So I really don't care. I've heard, you know, I shouldn't be an LLC until I'm making this amount of money. So let me just break it down for you. (laughs) So when, so let's say day one is today. 
and you heard you should wait until you're making X number of dollars to file an LLC. Most people that say that are actually accountants and they are confusing the LLC with the S-Corp election. The S-Corp election is a tax filing status. It can help save you a lot of money on taxes, but they intertwine the two because they can be filed at the same time, but they don't have to be filed at the same time. The LLC protects your personal assets. The S-Corp saves you on taxes. So they are two different things. Eventually you want to be an LLC taxed as an S-Corp, but until you're making enough money, you still want to have that LLC to protect you personally. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just going to wait until I'm making that amount of money because I don't have any assets or for whatever reason, this is why you still need to be an LLC as soon as possible. So today's day one, you're a sole proprietor and you have this goal of making, we'll say $100,000 before you file the LLC. And tomorrow, day two, you blow up, you blow up on TikTok and you're making all this money. And then day three, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm making all this money. Let me go file the LLC. Great. Well, then day 100 comes along and you get sued for something that happened on day one or day two. And you're like, okay, this sucks, but it's all good. I'm an LLC. I'm protected. You're actually not protected because you weren't, you weren't an LLC at the time the act happened. Mm, so they can start taking notes (laughs) well and at this point you all you do have more assets you're making more money so just because you don't have assets right now you're also protecting from future assets so that's why i think you or you need to be an llc as soon as possible and i don't care what kind of business you have it honestly it's just an ounce of protection is worth pounds an ounce of prevention is worth pounds of protection. And so you, I always tell people, look, be an LLC as soon as possible. Typically, it's just a you know a little bit of work up front that'll take you a long, long way. Mm, that's so good. And I guess I didn't know the difference there that like if I, whatever, if I had a client a year ago and now I'm an LLC that it wasn't like at the moment of, that's really good. Yeah. And so- you would say like day one, I'm starting a business. Let me get the LLC. Yeah. And even, and a lot of people are like, well, I haven't launched yet. I'm not making money. Even if you're not making money, if you are building buzz around your business, you're like about to launch, you still want to be an LLC because if you're building buzz, if you're probably entering into contracts, Mm -hmm. you're probably posting on social media, you're still doing all these things that could eventually cause you to get sued. Yeah. And, and and I'm talking worst case scenario. And because a lot of people will say, well, I've never been sued and it's never been a problem for me. Da, da, da. If you have the protection there, chances are you're not going to get sued. Like yeah. that's the whole point of the protection. Yeah. So there's, there's just a lot of things that can happen. And honestly, it's just getting rid of those headaches and knowing like, oh, I'm protected. Like if something happens, like it sucks, right. It's peace of Mm -hmm. mind. It's having clarity, knowing exactly what needs to get done and getting it done. Yeah. So LLC, get it done. Yes. Okay. For an LLC, I guess just a follow-up question. If you are, if you have an LLC and then you like change your name, because I hear that often too, is people are like, I just don't feel like the company I have now is going to be my forever company. Like maybe it'll change and shift. What, What goes on there? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. It depends if it's, so a couple of options. Number one, you can just file a DBA under that company, Mm -hmm. under the LLC, which is a doing business as some states will call it a fictitious business name. It's just signaling to the state or your county. 
how the public perceives your business. Mm. If it's the same business, but just changing the name, I would suggest a DBA. Got it. If it is a completely different business, I would suggest a new entity because just how you personally want to be protected from the debts of your company, you don't want the new business to be responsible for the old business. For the old too. Yeah. So then if something happens here, it doesn't take away from the other business as well. That makes a lot exactly. of sense. I have business, I have people as well that will start a second business and they're like, well, maybe I'll just put it under, like I'll keep using it under this. Yeah. Mm, okay. And so- that, that situation really just depends on how similar the businesses are. Yeah. So if somebody like a lot of times coaches will come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. What do I like? Do I need a new entity? I'm like, well, if you're really just podcasting to get coaching clients or yeah. related to that business, you probably do don't need a new entity unless you really blow up that podcast and it's its whole other business. Yeah, it has like its own employees. It has its own system. Mm, Yeah. Good. I didn't even think about making my podcast into an LLC. Goodness gracious. I got to get with the times. (laughs) So with, with all of that, you have your LLC, you have your business. So for people that are just like they have e-commerce, they're doing products, like they're not services. Like I have contracts for my own business. I know mm-hmm. when I have a graphic designer, they come to me mm-hmm. with a contract. It's expected. Where do you think contracts come in for e-commerce, that kind of stuff? Yeah. So the a lot of the e-commerce businesses, it's mainly going to be your privacy policy and terms mm-hmm. and conditions on your website. That's obviously for your clients. But as you grow in e-commerce, you also grow a team. And I tell people, anytime money is changing hands, you want to have a written agreement. So Mm -hmm. if you have a contractor, that's maybe you have somebody that's starting to ship for you. Maybe you have a a graphic designer. I'm telling you, anytime money is changing hands, put it in writing. And again, not saying that you're going to go sue for every contract mishap, but it's number one, accountability. Number two, most of the, most of the time when there's a written agreement and there's an issue. Let's just, most of the time it's somebody didn't pay yeah. or they didn't deliver the fact that there's a written agreement. You can threaten that not only if I sue you, do you have to pay what the contract says? You also have to pay my attorney fees. And sometimes there's what's called treble damages, essentially just triple damages. So it's not only what you owe me, but times three plus attorney's fees. So just threatening that Typically just having it in place can solve the problem. (laughs) That makes sense. Exactly. And uh, honestly, a lot of times, most people, um, again, I never want to talk about suing. I, cause small businesses here, we work with super small businesses. So I tell people, look, it's my job to make sure your money goes as far as possible. So, and especially with our legalpreneur membership, one of the benefits that clients love is being able to CC their attorney on emails. Like when there's a payment, because how many times has somebody said, Oh, I'm just going to get my attorney involved, but they're bluffing. But when they CC their attorney the other person will go look and be like, oh shit, they actually are an attorney. They actually have an attorney. Like, let me just get this taken care of. That's so such a go flex. You're like, let me just put my attorney in here real quick, just to let you know, I copied my attorney on this. So he has his own. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's oh, so funny. Gosh. It happens all the time. Like one, a couple of weeks ago, I had a client, they had a problem client and they wanted a refund. And she was like, the other party was threatening about like getting an attorney involved. Da, da, da. And I said, just CC me. I said, just tell them, look, have your attorney contact my attorney who CC'd here. 
they went away and never heard from him again. <laughs> yeah, like mic drop. That's exactly yeah. what we do here, people. That's so good. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. And I know a lot of people, even like in a partnership part partnership agreement, when because mm-hmm. I'll have people that are like, oh, like we're just running this business together. And then when it goes up in flames, they're oh, like, yeah. oh, like the, how do we split all this mm-hmm. stuff? Like I was doing this, I was doing that. Like how do you feel about all of those things? Obviously, contracts, written agreements are, are I think at least, I'm sure you agree, but mm-hmm. um, are like essential in any different type of partnership, whatever, maybe it's a, what's your kind of thoughts there? If you have a partnership, that partnership agreement is the most important piece of paper you will ever have. <laughs> Again, not because you want to sue them for this or that, but when it comes to a partnership, You go into it, everybody's bubbly. You have all these high expectations. You're going to make all this money. Yes. But I see this all the time, no matter what, even if you're on the same page about the end goal, you are not like, no matter what, you always have different expectations. Yeah. Like you have in your head, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and they're going to do ABC, but they may have in their head, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and they're going to do ABC or it's just completely different expectations. And when you have that partnership agreement, you hash it all out on paper and not, and it's not like in a contentious way at all. It's very much like, Hey, let's get on the exact same page. Yeah, it's like a prenup. About, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it, people are so, I, I was going to say people are so intimidated by the partnership agreement, but I think in general, people are intimidated by the legal side of their business. Yeah. But my main goal is really to just get business owners to understand it does not have to be scary. And really the reason it gets scary is because you keep putting it off and putting it off until there's an issue. So when you put that little bit of work up front and protect what you have, there's not going to be, I mean, I'm not going to say there's never going to be issues, but you're going to have way less issues. You're going to spend way less money in the long run. And overall, it's just going to be way smoother. Totally. It's literally dating, but your business partner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're exactly. like, as long as we communicate our needs and what, what's going to happen in all of these instances, we're good. A hundred percent. Well, and it's just nice to have that expectation out there. What are you expecting here? What mm-hmm. am I expecting here? So there's no, it's just less conflict as well as like when something something is just not going right and you're ready to terminate it you already have like okay in the event of this this is what we've been doing this is like what all of this happens just before it's even an issue so it just makes everything smoother Mm. all right let's move to number three your copyrights and intellectual property all that kind of stuff what should people do okay so i'm going to break it down really quickly so uh, intellectual property Patents, trademarks, copyrights. Mm-hmm. Patents are inventions, typically for product inventions. I don't cover patents. If you ever need a patent attorney, I can get you a referral, but I really can't tell you the first thing you need to know about patents. <laughs> it's, it's just, its own, it's its own it, beast. It, it really is. And it, Cause you have to have like an undergrad and like a STEM degree and there's a oh. whole separate patent bar. Like it's a whole thing. Dang. But trademarks and copyrights, that is my jam. (laughs) And they are actually two of the most misused terms with entrepreneurs, but I am going to tell you the most simple way to know the difference. So a trademark, this is your branding. This is anything that identifies your brand. And typically it's one and done. Your brand name, your logo, your slogan, a product name, your podcast name, anything that has a unique name to it within your business, it can probably be protected with a trademark. Copyrights 
are your content, your creative work. Mm. So photos, videos, blog posts, your website copy, each podcast episode is protected with a copyright. So all of that consistent work, you create it typically more than once, eBooks, one and done. But a lot of times your content, your creative work, you're consistently creating it. So trademarks equal branding. And this is typically one and done. Copyrights equal content. And this is typically consistently created over and over. I gotcha. So for a, like, again, for like product-based businesses, people like e-commerce, whatever that might be, brick and mortar, what would you copyright versus trade, or I guess, what would you copyright or trademark Mm -hmm. other than, I guess it would be more so what would you copyright? And in that sense, can you copyright certain, like, I guess that wouldn't be, go ahead, do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's because I, um, probably the first couple of years of my practice, I worked solely with e-commerce businesses. And the main protection that you want is trademarks because Mm -hmm. copyrights, you actually have federal protection the moment the work is created. Mm -hmm. And and as an e-commerce business, it actually, so your main copyrights are going to be photos typically, but it actually depends who takes the photos. Do you have a photographer? Because the creator actually owns the copyright. So when you go and hire a photographer to take brand photos or product photos, the cop, the photographer actually owns the copyright. They're just giving you a license to use those photos. Mm. So there's a lot of intricacies about copyrights and especially when it comes to photographers, but for e-commerce in particular, your most valuable asset is the brand name. And so that's the number one thing you want to trademark. And then if you have an identifiable logo, you want to protect that and your slogan, anything like, so right now we're doing four trademarks for a brand, an e-commerce brand and it's her brand name. And now she's creating like a label underneath the brand. And then she has like a certain product name that's going to be uh, like a signature product. product. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, when I did e-commerce, I had product names, but I didn't have consistent products. I I did eventually manufacture, but even then I didn't have names that I wanted to trademark within it. And so as you're creating more products, I, and if they're going to be signature and signature products and products that you continue selling, it's not like you just get one run of something and you're done a signature product. You keep selling over and over. If you have a unique name to it, you want to protect that with a trademark. Got it. Mm -hmm. So the more trade or intellectual property overall is most likely your brand's most valuable asset. And so you want to make sure you're protecting every bit of it that you can. Totally. And especially if you have something that is a hero product that you don't want it to get knocked off or somebody else to take something similar. Like when you blow up and then all of a sudden you have this like signature product that people love and you don't want somebody to create it and like use the name, but like just slightly different and kind of call it that. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. Something that stood out to me was the minute that you create it, you actually have federal, federal, whatever. Copyright. Yep. Copyright to it. So I had a, um, a mentor once that I had that she was like, just at the end, at the bottom of like all of my workbooks at the uh, bottom of all of my presentations, she was like, just put that it's copywritten. And I always, even if it's not, and I always like wondered that because I was like, if I put that there and, and it's not like, and is it more so like you were saying, just like, 
like uh, almost just trying to be like a buffer where it's almost like a prevention method. Is that legal? Like, what is that? So you do want to put the copyright symbol and notice anywhere you can that you have a copyright. And so you ha- because you have automatic protection, you can put it anywhere that you actually have a copyright. So you'll see at the bottom of every web page, typically they have a copyright notice and you change the copyright notice for the last year that it was updated. So like January 1st of every year, I always like put out on social media, like change the year of your copyright notice. And that is perfectly fine to do. And it's not required to do. However, if you do have the copyright notice and somebody infringes, you could be eligible for willful damages because you told them, Hey, I have a copyright here and they still infringed on you. That shows the court that they willfully infringed. So that's, that's a tip there. Like if you do have, um, copyrights, put the notice, if you, you know, if you have something that can be protected, however, trademarks do not use the R circle symbol, unless you have a federal trademark registration, because if you use it and you don't, that is federal fraud. Ooh. So trademarks, you can't do that too, but copyright you can. Yes. So with trademarks, you can use the TM symbol. Yeah. But when you're registered, you want that R symbol. Mm-hmm. And that's, you cannot use that until you officially have that registration. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with all of this, like where, so you say like step one, LLC, when people tell you the like, I'm just this little shop, like it's just going to be a side yeah. hustle. Like what's your response there? what is the goal of the side hustle? You want it to be your main hustle. So treat it like the main hustle. And the thing is people talk about mindset all the time. And they're like, if you're not, because I'm just gonna use money for an example. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, when I'm making this amount of money, I'll start doing this. I'll start donating this or I'll start saving this. But if you don't start saving just that little bit now, you don't start donating that little bit now, you're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so people say, oh, I'll take care of the legal stuff when I get to this point in my business or this point in my business. No, you're not. You're just going to keep putting it off until somebody comes after you. And then you're going to call me frantically Friday night when I'm (laughs) at dinner, which has actually happened before. And I'm going to be like, it's actually not an emergency. And I told you to fix this years ago. Yeah. (laughs) It's happened so many times. Uh, Queen of I told you so's. <laughs> I will never tell you I told you so. I will be there to listen and understand, but I also will collect that check from you. <laughs> <laughs> you will be but, <laughs> Yes. But honestly, it, I understand where you're coming from. You're like, hey, I'm just a side hustle. I'm in a super small business, mm-hmm. you know, trying to even see if I can make this work. I 100% understand you, but why not? treat it like a business. Like when it comes to manifesting, when it comes to the law of attraction, it's like, be that thing. Totally. Yeah. Be that business. Yeah. If you act now as your successful business, that successful business will come a lot sooner. I hear that all the time and I agree with it so much. I think that it's so good because I think a lot of people, so many people are like stuck in the now and we're stuck in our own limiting beliefs around it where we're like, we're just Mm -hmm. this small business. Like I have one client, like who cares? Like we're not, but then all of a sudden it starts to grow and you're like, shit, I got six clients now. Now it's like compounded. I've had 15 over all the time. And you're like, all right, well, that number is getting kind of big. And then you almost feel too far gone where you're like, well, yeah. well now, I, now I like, I've, I've gone this far. Yeah. Is something really going to happen. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, yeah. 
Okay. I love all of that. I think that is one thing that I've actually seen is some people they're stuck and subconsciously it's because they go to bed at at night and they're like, Oh my God, I can't get too big because people are going to find out I'm not a real business. I'm not actually properly legally set up. And I can't, (laughs) so many people have come to me. Like we finally get it all set up. And it's like, I'm telling you, it is not complicated. It's not hard. Like when you do it from the beginning before there's issues, smooth sailing. And we get it all set up and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was that simple. And then they're like, oh my gosh, my business is blowing up. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. now you have that peace of mind. You don't have that subconscious mind block. So yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, I'm super woo woo, super inner energetics. And the legal part is such a huge mindset block for so many entrepreneurs. Yeah. And especially in like my space, like in the, in the, yeah. the coaching, consulting, all of that. Like I know so many people where I've worked, I've either worked with other coaches or just some of my friends and they're like, yeah, no. I w-, and I'll ask them about like a contract thing. And they'll be like, oh, I've never done contracts. I feel like it's like, it's too harsh. And I'm like, <laughs> what? girlfriend, I'm like, you need that. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That my business law professor, cause I started this in college. Um, he like writ, like he wrote up one of my contracts for me and I didn't realize at the time how big of a deal that was. And now when I, people are like, that is so nice. I was like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm like, shout out to you. Appreciate it. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of jargon on there that I don't know. I'm like some of this, some of this, and you'll be like going in there making different mm-hmm. notes. Totally. But for those people that are scared to use contracts, I, I mean, I get it. Like I, anything you want to say, like, I get it 100%. I get it. But I tell people, look where I am in business. If I'm going to go start working with somebody like a new contractor, like a new freelancer, whatever it is, if they don't send me a contract, I start to question me too. Are they a professional? Are they actually a business owner? Are they just doing this little thing on the side? Not really like serious yeah. about it. It's almost I, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The contract isn't to pull one over on any, I get it. Like we've all been screwed over by like early termination fees and all these contracts that, you know, when, before we knew any better, but as a business owner, this is how you show people you're a professional that you are a business owner. Yeah, totally. And so what are your, what's your viewpoint on influencers? Cause I hear back and forth on that. Like if you have an influencer, should I send them a written agreement? But if you send them a written agreement, they almost take it more legal too, where they're like, well, if we're getting all legal here, like I'm here, here's like, here's my pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your, what's your, your idea there? A hundred percent. Like I, so I, I also have worked with influencers. I've, you know, I've worked with influencers as the e-commerce brand. I, you know, do deals now as a brand and the contract just needs to be in place for I I keep just wanting to say like professionability that's not a word but it just makes it more legit (laughs) exactly and when it comes to influencers there's when I say intellectual property is the most valuable asset in your business as an influencer Intellectual property is everything. And that's the most important provision in your contracts because Mm -hmm. yes, this influencer is creating content to post on their page, but you, the brand, can you use that content? Mm -hmm. How long can you use it? Can you post it on your own page? Like these are all things that people don't think about when it comes to influencers and content that's created from those relationships. But it's super critically important when it comes to the intellectual property that's being created. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had that before from either like one of my friends, that's an influencer or a business owner where they use it. And the influencer's like, wait, wait, wait. Like I, I didn't really expect you to put that there and it, it can get really complicated. So having that agreement up front, just again, like, like yeah. we we're talking about with partnerships, it just allows like here, I want you to put one feed post two on your stories yeah. and it just allows it in that sense. And maybe these people will come back and be like, okay, well, if you really want me to do that, like, here's my budget, but Mm -hmm. you also do know that they are going to execute. They are going to get there. And I see so many people on TikTok. It's gotten really big. It's like people, (laughs) people like bashing these businesses when they're like, out of like, oh my gosh, I just made you this content. And now they're like, sorry, Charlie, I'm not going to pay you. And it just kind of gets turned, takes all of that away. Yeah. And so I actually just posted a video on YouTube about this where like pricing when it comes to influencers and UGC creators is not just pricing, but how to charge accordingly. Because when I, so when a brand approaches me for a deal, Mm -hmm. I give them my initial rate and I don't do too much negotiating at that point as far as like these are the terms that are included yeah. unless they approach me with those terms because I've done that before and a lot of brands actually like aren't that sophisticated about those terms so yeah. I wait to see the contract that they send me and then I say and normally so if they don't talk about any terms like usage rights exclusivity perpetuity anything like that I just give them the rate for one video uh, exclusivity for like 2 2 to 4 weeks and no usage rights on their end. That's my initial rate. Then they send the contract. And if they want, there's this one that happened a few months ago, it it didn't go through, but they wanted in perpetuity usage rights. Like they wanted to use it. And then they wanted, um, I forgot what else they wanted, but they didn't understand why that was that would hurt me. And they only wanted to pay me $2,000 for this one video to use it forever. And some people may think that's, uh, you know, gold that's going to the bank, which it is like $2,000 is nothing to balk at. But let me explain this because if you are an influencer, you're any type of creator that is doing brand deals. If you give someone rights in perpetuity for them to use it, you are excluding yourself from giving any other brand exclusivity for your whole life. Because let's say you're working with a hair care brand, then they, and this is, maybe this is early on in your creator career and you don't know any better. And this hair care brand, they're like, hey, we want this one video. They're paying you a hundred dollars, a thousand, whatever it is. And they're like, we have rights to use it in perpetuity. So they can use it forever. So they have your face in a video to use forever. Well, there's another brand that comes along even a year later. And they're like, they're a hair care brand. And they're like, hey, we want to pay you $100,000 for two videos. And we want exclusivity for a month, a day. You can't give them any exclusivity because another hair care brand has your rights for life. And is it only industry? Like, is it only hair care to hair care? Or if it was like a boutique that came to you another time, would you be able to do it then? It depends what the contract says. Typically it's exclusivity with like direct competition. So typically it is like just direct, like hair care to hair care, clothing boutique to clothing boutique, things like that. Mm -hmm. 
that's so interesting. Wow. And so I guess I, I could talk to you about this for a long time. So yeah. when, <laughs> my ideas are spinning. Yeah. And so with influencers, what do you like, what do you recommend that businesses offer influencers? Like when they come in and they're like, Hey, would you want to do this? The person comes back and is like, yeah, send me details. What would you recommend that they include? So I always, I always tell brands mm-hmm. offering the influencers, like just ask, depends on how long the campaign is, but if it's just like a one video post or one-off yeah. post, no more than 30 days, probably not even like more than two weeks of exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And then if it's, so I just finished like a six month campaign and they wanted like nine months of exclusivity, totally understandable. And it just really depends on the length of the campaign because yeah. if it's a six month campaign, our audiences are going to know each, like they're going to know me a lot more now. Yeah. So if they see me, you know, the day after the end of that campaign with competition, they're like, what the heck is going yeah, it's on? It's like here? one day you're talking about Microsoft and the next day you're talking about Apple and they're like, Wait, exactly. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. that's a little more understandable. Um, it, it honestly just depends how the campaign, the payment, there's so many things that go into influencer contracts. And honestly, one thing that we're trying to do right now with our legalpreneur membership is coming up with different um, options for contract review, because especially newer influencers, they need to understand the ins and outs of their contracts and how to negotiate them. And so we're trying to make it very, very affordable that's not always possible when you're a brand new influencer working with an attorney for every single deal. So I just educate as much as I can now, but eventually, hopefully, you know, as an influencer, you're to the point where you can have that attorney look over every contract, help you negotiate it, or you get to the point where you can negotiate yourself or you have an agent. So as long as the influencer or, you know, any type of creator, as long as you know how to charge your worth, like that's what it's about. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that that's really good. And I've really had a lot of businesses. I mean, influencer marketing is huge. And a lot of my, a lot of my clients, I mean, I've had, I've had clients that have had Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson to like, to like small influencers, micro influencers. And it's very different how people, how people use different like how Kelly Clarkson and they like handle influencers versus like some micro influencer. That's so excited just to get free. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. So Andrea, if you were to give a business owner, like this is your legacy on the podcast, you're giving them like a little, like, this is what you need to do. This is your number one, your first step. What would that be? Well, I have my book coming out, which is Legalpreneur, the business owner's guide to legally protecting your business. I would so love if you could go check that out, go buy it. And it's not just a legal book. So I finally got out of my own way because there's no book out there. There's like all these like self-help books, like business books, nothing teaches you about the legal side of your business. And I think it's because people think it's just so dry and boring, but I love the legal stuff because people don't realize how much it can actually help you in business and how much money it can make you. So I found a way to just like break it all down be fun, understandable, and actually learn how to make more money through the legal side of your business. Mm -hmm. So the book, it is coming out at thelegalpreneur.com slash legalpreneur book. Also, I have the Legalpreneur podcast, YouTube. I literally teach you everything you need to know for free. And the book is just 
all of it consolidated in one place. Got it. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and of course, thelegalpreneur.com. Awesome. And I'll link all of your stuff down below. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. I loved my business law classes in college. I took one and then I got to take like the advanced business law or whatever. <laughs> and it was it like, they were my hardest classes ever because it's just like a kind of an abstract to- topic when you're learning about marketing, it's like a mm-hmm. little different, but they yeah. were, it was so fun. So I'm happy that I got to sit down and like chat very directly as to what I'm yeah. doing. And I, I understood it. So my, my business awesome. would be so proud. Go, <laughs> go me. That's awesome. Thank you so much I for being it. here. I'll put all of your information down below. Um, anything that you want to leave with the audience? One last tip. Uh, just keep going. Don't give up. If you feel it on your heart that you're meant to be doing this, keep going. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Andrea. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. All right, everybody. That is the end to this episode of the Small Business Growth Podcast. Click the link in the show notes. I'll have all of Andrea's stuff in there. Wasn't that so helpful? When I tell you I was writing notes and keeping notes, I was. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I learned so much from her. It is so helpful to have somebody with a lot of legal information in your back pocket, as well as her new book coming out, The Legalpreneur. The link will be below for the pre-order. And a little birdie told me that there are over $2,000 worth of bonuses if you hop on to the pre-order. So if you enjoyed this podcast, you can go listen to Andrea's podcast, which is The Legalpreneur Podcast, or you can go hang out with her on Instagram. Instagram as well. And I will put all of those links below. You can also find my links down there and all of the goodies. I hope you have the most wonderful day. Thank you for listening. If you are still here, hit the follow button. If this is your first time listening, or if you always find yourself searching my podcast, you will get notified and add my podcast right in to your library all of the time. Hit the follow button, leave a five-star review. If you're loving it, if you are on your eighth episode today, hit that follow button and hit the five-star reviews. I appreciate you so much for listening and come hang out with me on Instagram as well at this is Madison Page. I'm happy to have you and I can't wait to learn more.